Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tester of Wrestling.com, joined by Robert D. Fleece to talk about Friday Night SmackDown. Robert, how you doing? I'm doing great, Colin. It's, it's Friday. It's boss time. We know where we're going for SummerSlam. We already knew where we were going, but they had to do the extra steps and extra flips. So here we are. Here we are indeed. We'll obviously talk about all everything that happened, the big things that happened on SmackDown this week. Before we do, just want to uh, remind you all, this show, like everything we do here at WrestleZone, is available on any number of streaming platforms, so it's SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, our podcast, whatever maybe. We've got you covered, so leave a like and subscribe. So, Robert, we might as well work backwards here. We had the main event match set up after Sasha Banks made her return to SmackDown tonight. Now, this had been... I guess rumored for a while and then reported today that she was backstage uh, at SmackDown, that she'd be returning on the show. Uh, and naturally the, the speculation had been that she'd be, she'd be facing Bianca Belair. That was the the most logical direction, especially uh, for a show where, where Bailey got hurt. There wasn't really a clear contender otherwise. And so we had uh, Blair come out early in the show and she was confronted by Carmella who wanted a third title match. And then Zelina Vega interrupted saying that she deserved a shot merely because she hasn't gotten a shot she, before. And no, no, she <laughs> deserves a shot because she exists. Yes. Because that, that's where we're at now, but go ahead. So we had that, and then, granted, we knew that the, the report had been that Sasha Banks would be returning, but for a split second, I, I kind of fell for it. I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. We're, don't tell me we're going to get Camilla again. Granted, Zelina Vega would be a fresh match, but she hasn't really done anything to... To, to earn a title shot. So then, of course, uh, Camella and Vega attack Belair. Sasha Banks rounds to the ring. It's boss time. And seemingly, she returned as a face. They hugged. It was good. Kumbaya. Uh, so then we got a tag team match for the main event. Thanks, Blair. And boy, the, the writing was on the wall, Robert. I mean, come on. How does how does Bianca Belair, logically speaking, not see this coming? And she literally... Okay, this is, this is my problem with this, all right? When Banks saved her... They had the nice little touch that uh, Belair kind of looked at her like, like what, like what are you doing? Like there was that clear kind of distrust, and then she just naively, I guess, overlooked that, or she thought, oh, we're we're friends now after the tag team match. They won the match. Uh, Belair made, or no, Banks made Carmella tap out. They're celebrating. They hugged again, kumbaya, and then Belair foolishly stepped in front of Banks, literally turned it back to her, and. For that, she got stabbed in the back. Belair uh, got just destroyed by Sasha Banks. Beat her up. Sasha Banks is. Not that you can't be called a heel turn. She is still a heel. There, there is no face turn. So clearly, we are going for uh, Belair versus Banks two at SummerSlam. Robert, what do you think? Now, I want to give them credit. They shouldn't need this credit, but I was worried briefly that they were going to go off the air with no turn and drag it out for another week because they have this thing where imagine that you got like six, five, six weeks to SummerSlam, you can tell stories. And they just want to condense them into two weeks anyway because they don't know what they're doing, it feels like. But yeah, Sasha Banks did what we thought she would do. I think she needs to win at SummerSlam to get this to go to a third match. I do think that's fair. And hell yeah, it's boss time. I I think Bianca's reign is going to be remembered as Bailey and nothing else. Yeah. That's okay. It was about the moment, just like tonight was about the moment, and SummerSlam will be about the moment, but Sasha needs the win on August 21st. I think I would agree. Although, I mean, I don't know. At this point, uh, Belair's reign hasn't been great, and then at the same time, you look back to Sasha Banks' reign before Belair, they, that wasn't great. You know, uh, 
I don't know. And maybe this one, the, the, I mean, it'll be different. Presumably we'll have a heel Sasha Banks winning the title um, in theory. So, you know, I may, maybe I'll be better. Kirk Jackson saying SmackDown needs a good heel. Uh, and that could be Sasha Banks here. Um, because, yeah. Bayley SmackDown went- needs women. And what they need to do is they need to condense these brands. And I'm going to harp on that as more than usual because Natalia has gone down with an injury. And you're telling me that this company is still not saying, well, let's have them vacate the titles or let's scrap the tag titles altogether. Because in the two years since they've had women's tag titles, you've seen this division dwindle and shrivel away into nothing. And I think it's a damn shame. But Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair is like the, the shining glimmer of hope on a really bleak pile right now. That's no disrespect to anyone that actually works in the division. It's just not being booked properly. So at least we got this. At least there's that. There have been some highlights for the women's tag division. That's a whole other subject. And we know that Natalia injured in some capacity. We'll hear more about that over on Raw. So we can kind of we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Uh, it, but no, it is a shame that the, the women's tag division has been kind of, uh, I'll say squandered. But regardless here, I think Banks and Blair, too, will be fun. Uh, you know, we do have three weeks until SummerSlam now. So they do have some time to tell this story. Robert, we're getting several questions about your hat from the show. Everybody if you're, wants to know what it says. And Lori Esty, I'm wondering if that says dare. Looks like it says time killer. It does say time killer, guys. Thank you. Uh, if it says there, uh, no, it says time killer. More on where you can get it later, because I got to set up shop again. Fair enough. But uh, continuing to work backwards here, we got a little more of Seth Rollins versus Edge tonight. And it may be an interesting direction here. They had Edge come out, and seemingly he was going to you know, gonna come out and do the ring and talk. Rollins attacked him during the commercial. So we come back from commercial. Edge's theme is still playing, but Rollins is in the ring. Then we get, a, we get one video, a recap how Rollins attacked Edge during the commercial. And then Rollins gives a promo. Basically saying, you know, he's tired of Edge taking from him, and this is a very fair complaint. Edge literally took his title shot from him. Not the only one who got a title shot taken from him tonight. We'll get into that as well. But he said, you know, if I can't be the champion, Edge can't, so he's going to prevent him from doing that. And for me, the, the most interesting line here was that Rollins said he's the heir to the Universal Championship. And I think Roman Reigns might have something to say about that. But, you know, another week here, very clearly going toward Rollins and Edge. Uh you know, maybe in terms of a narrative, a little similar to last week, but they're still going with, they're kind of at least uh, solidifying the story that, that Rollins is upset Edge took his title shot and he wants to kind of put Edge down and, and prevent him from uh, completing his storybook comeback here by winning the title. But Robert, what do you think about this one at this point? My favorite thing about Edge then, now, and forever will always be the man exists to be world champion because imagine how easy the story is to tell when it's, I want to be champion. You have stopped me. Now we're going to fight because I'm sick of you stopping me from being champion. This is great. These two guys are great. Who the hell attacks somebody during a commercial break? What is it, AEW? Are we in picture in picture here? I mean, I, I don't get that. But other than that, it's great. I would love to be in the building when these two guys are going at it. I feel like with everything else going on, the specialness of this match is going to get lost, but no, this is going to be one of the most fun things you could ever see. 
Yeah, I certainly agree. We talked about it a bit last week. It's this kind of generational clash here of, of you know, the guy in, in some instances of the past versus Seth Rollins, the, you know, someone who's been the guy, at least for some stretches here in the present or in more at the very least, maybe the, the more uh, recent past, I'll say. Uh, so no, I, I think that they do kind of run the risk of almost having too many uh, exciting matches, uh, too many star stud matches in SummerSlam where you've got uh, Reigns and Cena now. We'll talk about that. You've got presumably Belair versus Banks. You've got uh, Goldberg and Lashley. Um, and I like this comment from uh, John Clark, Russell's own zone. John Clark saying this rubs me as the kind of match that could open up SummerSlam. You have the crowd going. I mean, and then that obviously begs the question about you know match order and whether they deserve to be. The beginning of the show, or middle, it's obviously not going to be the main event, but you don't want to be necessarily in the middle of the show when the crowd's tired. But I, I could see that, you know, this maybe opens the show, go both guys go out there, go all out, and you know, start, start the show off hot. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. But have they announced how many hours this show is going to be? No, not that I know of. Because uh, they could theoretically be a top of an hour match. Like if the show starts at eight, they can go on at nine. That's the way yeah. I see this going. That makes sense. John John Clark says it's a three-hour show, mercifully, a three hour uh, show? not a four-hour show. But uh, you know what? Though they got enough that if they wanted to do four, you could play around with four for SummerSlam. Well, they, they certainly have enough. The, having enough is not the problem. Like in some ways, they have too much. And then you know, I, I always remember WrestleMania 35 when it was like a seven-hour show. It was a little jam-packed. It so they they clearly they have the ability to load the show up however much they see fit. Thankfully, the pandemic era has seemingly shortened shows back to a more uh, digestible I don't know. Level. Did you watch Money in the Bank? I'm pretty sure that ended around 11.45. You know what? The, here, hey, here, I'll say it was so much fun. Ah, there you go. There you I lost go. track of time. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I would have hopes for some of the same as well. I mean, if they, if they really wanted to to load it up like that and and draw it out and make it the, the spectacle that they are clearly hoping it will be. I think that'd be totally fine. Uh, but if, if we're to believe John Clark, three hours, uh, the average length at this point, not too bad. And I, and I, I can I can handle that. I'm not too not too grumpy about that. But uh, no more no more sense bearing the lead here. Let's talk about it. John Cena's a thief, Robert. John Cena, Mister <laughs> Mister Missionary himself. Is a thief. Oh well, well, first of all, John Cena is a genius to say if you can find somebody who can make a missionary entertaining for two decades, hold on to him because they're special. Bless John Cena for knowing where he's at in life. I just I really appreciate that. Look, John Cena is a thief, but the bigger problem here is you did not need this Finn Balor step. Like, you decided to add this layer that didn't need to be there. It's like saying, I really just added this giant cookie to this chocolate cake because I'm just greedy. And the cookie <laughs> it doesn't even need to be there. We're going to get the chocolate cake anyway, but there's the cookie. And now Finn Balor does what? He gets mad at John Cena. He fights Baron Corbin on SmackDown, no less. What, where do we go here? What are we doing? Why did we need to do this? We've known forever it's going to be Cena and Roman. Just book the damn match. You could have literally booked the damn match. Night of Money in the Bank just said, hey, guess what? We've signed John Cena, Roman Reigns. You could have had Vince McMahon himself say, it's a personal favor. John wants Roman. John gets Roman. Why did we need the step of Finn Balor just to go, hey, John Cena's kind of an asshole. 
and took this thing from this other guy because he's an asshole. Like, I don't, I don't know where we're going with this. Why did we need it? I don't know. We're getting a bunch of support for John Cena, though. Financial Rodian Fierro saying John Cena in all caps, many exclamation points. Lori Esteen with John Cena's the GOAT. Nesh Curse saying she loves Cena. So obviously, and I Cena came out there. He said he was talking about missionary position. He was called to fun promo. He called he called Reigns a scared little kid. It's good stuff. And yeah, we did largely know slash assume we were gonna get Reigns and Cena and all night long, I was kind of questioning, like, how how do we get from point A to point B? I don't know why we're going from point A to point B when he could have just gone to point B in the first place. Um, or I guess I should say point A in that case. But let's let's break it down a little bit just to kind of spell. Just well, to... Well, and to be clear, so we're keeping with the theme of this. This is why you don't always need to spice it up. This is where spicing it up goes wrong. Sometimes a little same old, same old just works. Sometimes it just works. Because guess where you got anyway? You're still here. It's still John Cena. You didn't need the Finn Balor step. I will say, and I tweet about it uh, after the fact, the the contract signing and, and the subsequent Adam Pearce confirming the, mat, the title match and his reasoning for doing so was one of the most unintentionally funny things I've seen <laughs> on WWE TV in some time. So if you turn your brain off, this is really funny. All right, so let's walk through it. We got John Cena's promo early on, calling Roman Reigns. And then I thought, okay, maybe Roman will not sign the contract. He'll back down and he'll be like, oh, I, I got to prove myself. I'll, I'll face Cena after all. No, he signed the contract. He's like, I'll, I'll beat you so bad. I'll send you back to NXT. Fine. Finn Balor. Oh, I'm going to take the universal title back to NXT. Yeah, right. That's not going to happen, but that's fine. Baron Corbin comes out, oh, I should say, uh, Cena attacked Corbin after Corbin asked for help, so Cena is a heel, and then Corbin comes out, obviously a guy down on his luck, and he, he naturally thinks, okay, uh, my life sucks right now, so I'm going to take this contract, and I'm going to get this title match, because I can obviously just end the title match by signing my name, even though my name's not on said contract, so he attacks Balor, tries to sign the contract, John Cena comes out, trying to be the good guy, seemingly, stopping Corbin from signing the contract, Cena picks up the contract and he says, oh, I could sign the contract. I could take Finn Balor's title shot. I could take the spot for somebody that hasn't had a shot lately. And even though I, who have had 16 title reigns, clearly deserve this shot, Cena grabs a Sharpie marker, a little product placement yeah. for you, and signs it, big capital letters. And okay, there we go. And then backstage, Heyman says to Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce, hey, that was great television, which it was. It was fun. If you turn your brain off, very fun. But he's like, hey, that's not legally binding. Finn Bauer's name is on this contract. Finn Bauer has not signed this contract. And you know what Adam Pierce says? Oh, I see Roman Reigns' his signature. I see John Cena's signature. That's good enough for me. So the contract's fine because it has names on it, Robert. What so is this? I'll tell you what this is. This is a very archaic representation of a contract signing. Because I don't know about you, but all paperwork today is done through like DocuSign and it's just sent to your email. And you don't like none of this happens. None of this face-to-face -face meeting stuff happens unless maybe if you're buying a house, they ain't buying a house in Las Vegas, Nevada. Look, I don't know who signs. A contract, by the way, in blue Sharpie. Like, is John Cena five years old? What, what is that? <laughs> what is this? Like, what are we doing? This is not legally binding. This is ridiculous. This is child's play. But I guess in the world of WWE, where legalities don't matter, 
yeah, it's legally binding. And they had the, the posters all ready to go immediately after. Like it was How magic, convenient. like it was a pre-written <laughs> uh, storyline. But hey, what are you going to do? Here we are. I will say they had uh, had slash have two opportunities to do something really fun. Uh, during the during the real like heart of the pandemic era, they missed a, a great opportunity to do like a contract si signing via Zoom and and like just somehow try to try to work DocuSign into the show. That could have been very timely, very relatable content right there. And I saw someone tweet about it. They have a great opportunity. Bring in David Otunga, the WWE's resident lawyer, and have him hash out the all the legal, legal loopholes of this crap. Because you this absolutely is... should bring in David Otunga, and here's why: because if you look at the active roster page on WWE.com, legitimately David Otunga is still listed there. So you should get your money's worth and have Otunga take care of this matter pro bono, because that's how he handles things. That's what I think should happen here. But honestly, all the bullshit aside, it's Cena and Roman. And if there wasn't a show in Chicago, Illinois, 24 hours before with CM Punk likely going to be there, I'd say this is the coolest thing you could possibly get in wrestling. Except there's a show called The First Dance happening 24 hours before in Chicago, Illinois. Amazing. I saw um, someone tweet that, you know, WWE has, has marketed this summer for Cena as the summer of Cena. It's his, his grand tour for the live shows and everything, and it's a happy time. It's fun. Of course, maybe I would imagine they're intentionally so. That's that's riffing on CM Punk's Summer of Punk from years ago. Uh, and I think someone, I saw someone tweet like, oh, Summer of Cena, you say? And they had a gif of CM Punk like smirking at the camera. Like, there's something very uh ironic about that obviously punk and cena two like two very stark contrasts of personalities everything and if we could go off for another hour about all the cm punk stuff uh but of course the the united center first dance show and all the references for tamaka dynamite it's it's looking like that just might be the case and there is something very again ironic about that it's like SummerSlam. slam is wanting to be this this huge big show possibly bigger or at least as big as wrestlemania uh, and then literally the day before now, AW Rampage, United Center of Chicago, all speculation about being that CM Punk's going to be there. Um, There's just something pretty pretty interesting about that. Uh, but I will really not booked for Chicago. The one guy who could probably curtail these chants is really not booked for Chicago. I'm looking at the Summer of Cena buildup, and John Cena is not booked for Chicago. That is a mistake. I'm sure he's got. Look, there's a movie called Suicide Squad coming out that Friday, so maybe he's got prior engagements. But that's still a mistake. Where's Where's SmackDown on Friday, this week? Uh, that will be in Tampa, actually, at the MLS. That's what right, they said. That says so Raw will be in Chicago. I mean, it's weird because they do have this. He's know, working everything. It's yeah, like but. It's just to me, I think John and I talked about this on the Raw post show where like John Cena was advertised for Raw, but he was on the dark match. And like for me, and I, I would imagine I'm not alone in saying this, like from a general standpoint, like if you're advertising him, like who I don't want to say who cares if he's on the dark match, but like, you know, what that's that's that, that's not like an account to me, that's not like a counter for all the CM Punk stuff. And it's but no, I, I do agree with Iridian saying it's weird that that city is not advertised for that because you might as well capitalize in Chicago's China. a major city. Like I, yeah. I feel like John should be there, but again, Suicide Squad, 
It's actually supposed to be really good, better than the first one. So I'm looking forward to it. And maybe he's got some prior engagements. I would, I would, I would assume so. He's probably a very busy guy right now, and that's leads me to my next point. Just in general, you know, I, I had yet again a moment tonight. I was watching SmackDown, hearing the pop for Cena, hearing the pop for Edge, even though he even say a word. Just having him come out and do his entrance. You know, we we are spoiled right now. You can say I literally I spent a couple minutes roasting WWE for this silly contract signing, but. It's still fun, man. You got John Cena. You got Edge. It's taking me back to my childhood. It's a good time. It's not perfect by any means, but it's still it's fun. You know, wrestling is back. The fans are back. Hopefully that lasts. But well, um, as somebody who works in this field, uh, Colin, you should know wrestling never left. It's not like we had. No, a, no, no. I know. I know. I, I know what you, you know mean. what I mean, Robert. I trying mean, to nitpick I, my I, words. I just, I just want to make it clear: never left. Not even a global pandemic could stop WWE. But. Yeah, Edge is great. Scene is great. I wish they'd stay forever because I don't care about the world outside of wrestling for John Cena. I just want to see more of John Cena being John Cena in the ring. And Edge, we were robbed of for 10 years. So any time with Edge is greatly appreciated. Absolutely. So uh, not too, too much otherwise here. Ironically, it was a light smackdown. That's what happens when you have a contract signing where you spend roughly 10 minutes on the entrance for Roman Reigns. But one other thing was they had uh, an advertised match for the WWE 24-7 Championship where Reginald, who now wants to go by Reggie, uh, had an unannounced opponent. I really thought they were just going to troll us. And they they had Reginald giving a promo. And he was like, oh, I'm so glad I'm going to have a match in the ring. He was talking about keeping his head on a swivel. And I really thought they were just going to be able to have someone like roll him up backstage and be like, LOL, card subject to change. And they actually did have a match. Reginald came out to the ring. Otis and Chad Gable came out. And I thought, is my man Otis about to win some championship Yeah, everybody, everybody really thought it was Otis. I feel bad for people. And it was not. It was, it was not, not Otis. It was, it, was, it was Chad Gable. Which... Minnesota native. Not Minnesota like... native. You should have won. Give the guy, give the guy a give, give, give a dog a bone, right, Robert? Just get you know, give the guy a win from his home crowd. He deserves it. Not the tw- he deserves better than twenty four seven title. But if you're gonna throw him out there like that, give the guy a win. Have him lose on Monday. It's fine. It's just a twenty four seven title. Doesn't matter. Well, it's. I thought they were gonna have an NXT guy because I was like, oh, they're not announcing who it is. It must be somebody cool. Yeah. And I thought Chad Gable was not cool, but. I thought it would be somebody who isn't on the roster. Yep. And it was. It was Chad Gable. So, nonetheless, that was just a little tidbit there. But otherwise here, you know, it was a good show, right? It was fun. Fans, they're back. And I'm still very much in that uh, that wave of enjoying the show. It's maybe more than I should uh, because of the fans being back. You know, the, 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 the contract signing was silly. And I, I, I honestly, I enjoy that because it was just so dumb. That's that's where we are right now. Some of these things I'm just enjoying because they're so dumb. I, Robert, I wrote an article today about Goldberg comparing his match with Bobby Lashley to uh, King Kong versus the geriatric God, you know, Godzilla versus the geriatric King Kong, and just it's something that's just like so dumb, what? but it works. The geriatric King I, Kong. I mean, okay, like, bro, but the key is you're saying the quiet part out loud, man. You don't reference that you're geriatric and go, God, I really want to see him fight now. You're just saying the quiet part out loud. What are we doing? Like, Colin, what happened here? What what happened to, like, you know, acting like we know how to act? What are we doing? Just that is shocking to me, Colin. The geriatric King Kong. 
Okay. All right. Headline, headlines are fun. Are headlines fun. are fun. I'll give you that. Nonetheless, it was fun SmackDown. Robert, what do you think about it? A scale of one to 10. Uh, I'll say a solid seven. I enjoyed the major hits. We can skip right over this because they did last week. But Biggie, Nakamura, and Cesaro won a six-man tag. Apollo took a pin. That's fine. Hey, at least Biggie has the briefcase. Cesaro should get the IC title. Biggie going to cash in for his last name? Very excited for this. <laughs> Big E Langston could be the world champion, man. Uh, Lori wants to know what's the latest on Cardi B hosting SummerSlam. Cardi B's pregnant, bro. I don't think I don't know if Cardi B's gonna be doing much of anything, but hey, you know, I welcome the star power, I welcome outside eyes on wrestling. I see Rudy and Fierro saying our friendship is a 10 out of 10. I, I have been like Colin, Colin's great, so I'll agree with that. And Robert's the goat, and I'm very glad to do the show with him every week. Um, and I'm now, I, now I'm blushing because. Because friendship's good. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, but I, I want to say I I I was not calling Goldberg geriatric. That those are not no, my words. Goldberg said that words. himself. Who says that about themselves? <laughs> like, why would I want to see you fight when you are calling yourself geriatric? Now I want Bobby Lashley to put you in a hospital for being geriatric and still thinking you could step to Bobby Lashley at this stage in his career. More you like deserve whatever home, you got get going. Put him in a nursing home at this point. If he's going to call yeah. himself geriatric. You know, so, so that sets up that joke. I completely, we, we glazed over Rey Mysterio beating Jimmy Uso. The only well, noble they, thing, they cheated. That's the only noble thing. They're, they're, yeah. they're cheaters. They're bad guys. They okay. The good know. guys are bad guys. Jeff Hardy puts his feet on the ropes. You know, I, they, they all cheat. They, nobody, yeah. nobody cares. I get the, me smiling. Get to ten. Thank you. The Mysterios cheat. John Cena steals title shots from the people who deserve them. You know who? who there are no good, good. Well, guys what is anymore. moral fiber anyway? It's, it's a dead uh, art. It's what it is. Nobody has morals anymore, Colin. You know who has morals? You have morals, and that's why I like. Robert is over here buttering butter me up for, for no reason at all. Like we're just here doing a show. I have, I have nothing to give you in return, Arden Singer. I like because I believe you. in honesty, folks. And honestly, this was a decent episode of SmackDown. This is a fun summer in wrestling, guys. CM Punk stories, Daniel Bryan stories, John Cena, Goldberg, Edge. It's all fun. It's all pretty damn cool. Enjoy it. Be like John Clark. Go to all the damn shows. John Enjoy Clark's this. going to Chicago John- for, for, for AW. A, a self-proclaimed guy that does not watch AEW at all. He's going to, for the sheer possibility. For the possibility. That, that CM Punk could be there. Even though he, just, he, he might not. He might not even be there. And then he's going to Las Vegas and the next day because that's what he roasted. The next day because he is dedicated to this business. John Clark, more power to you. Uh, Colin, this is great. I can't wait to do it again next week. Couldn't agree more. And I just, you know, John Clark, can, he can go all over the country. I'm right here in the comfort of my home, sitting on my couch, enjoying wrestling and that because that's what we do. And John Clark, you know, we we do, and you, you and I, Robert, we do all these post shows every single week. John Clark and I cover NXT. We cover Raw on Monday or Tuesday, Monday, respectively. You know, here on Fridays, sometimes it's Saturdays. We're going to figure it changes as we go. Who even knows what's going to happen when Rampage starts? We've got a great stream of interviews, constantly coming to you guys. 
Lopez recently reviewed the new GCW World Champion Matt Cardona. So check that out. The Diamond Dudes Attitude cover AEW, and they also cover uh, WCW. They also do WCW written for fun. It's a good time. We do good stuff. We we try to do our best to do good stuff here. Damn also. right we do. We do great stuff over here. Follow me on Twitter and everywhere else at Dude Fleece. Check out where else I'm talking to a microphone because I don't just do it here. I do it on Fightful. I do it on Smartout Moment. I'll be doing it for the Wrestling Windown podcast hosted by our good friends here. Sometimes I even talk on Rest Friends. I'm always talking. I'm always loving wrestling. And you should too. So guys, enjoy wrestling. That's all there is to it, everybody. Until next time, thank you for listening. And yes, as Robert said, enjoy wrestling.